When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. Welcome in. Daily Vikings Entertainment. Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And all three of us in studio together for the first time in several months here. Yeah, emotional. I look... Hold on. I got to compose myself. I got to take a swig of my coffee. Tomorrow we're all going to be working from home because apparently a tornado blizzard with sharks in it is going to hit the Twin Cities. Can't wait. A shark uh, NATO lizard something of some like kind. That. Yeah, something like that. Is going to hit here. Uh, this show is presented by our friends at TCL, an official partner of the NFL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. All right, gentlemen, let's get into this. Now, you guys did some feedback Friday, talked some quarterback last week. Um, there's not, there's nothing concrete on the Kirk Cousins contract front, but sometime here, you know, the combine is in, what, eight days, I think, is when the NFL, when people start to go to Indianapolis and congregate. Uh, undoubtedly there will be discussions between the Vikings if they aren't already taking place right now and Kirk going into the last year of his contract. So mm-hmm. whether it's Kirk figuring out, are they playing out the last year? Are they are they going to sign him to another one-year extension, a longer extension? Uh, they're going to have to figure that out. But he is going to be 35 years old, and there are some NFL insiders, namely Albert Breer, SI.com, that think because of Kirk's age, because of the contract situation, I'm just going to read this to you guys and we can react. Albert Breer writes, I think Kirk Cousins will be the Vikings quarterback in 2023. And I think certainly they'd consider doing another one year extension with him this offseason. They'd have twelve and a half million in dead money on the cap to deal with after next year if they walked away. So, you know, that's I guess that's like six million a year or something. It's not the end of the world, but. Uh, I also believe that Cousins' age, he'll be 35 years old when the season starts, and contract situation make the Vikings a quiet contender to take a quarterback in April. Minnesota has been here before and recently. Had Justin Fields slipped to where the team was initially picking in 2021, which was 14th, before dealing down and taking Christian Derrissaw, the now Bears quarterback would have been a serious consideration for the Vikings two years ago. So if, say, Florida's Anthony Richardson were to fall into their laps at 24, 
it's easy for me to see the Vikings seeing a raw prospect who could develop for a year behind Cousins and wind up being a monster for them a few years down the line. What do you make of this interesting speculation? Well, first of all, um, I think we talked about this at the time. So Rick Spielman definitely tried to go up and get Fields. So they they were not going to wait for him to fall. They knew he basically wouldn't fall to them. What they weren't willing to do was meet what the Bears did. And so so Spielman had interest in Fields that went beyond trying to take him where their pick resided in the first round. He actually wanted to go up but decided that Chicago was willing to pay too rich a price. So that's definitely true. Um, as far as Richardson goes, again, we all know, and in this case, the mock drafts aren't wrong, that he's not falling to the Vikings. And so somebody's going to go up. I, I mean, if a team doesn't take him at a slotted spot, if a team that resides in that spot, someone's going to go up and get him. So the question is, do the Vikings like him enough to make a pursuit to go up and get him? And I guess second of all, the most important question, do they have the proper ammunition only having right now four draft picks and with a compensatory pick, we think it's going to be five. And the answer is probably not. I think that this is the year if there is a chance that the Vikings, for instance, trade back in the first round and accrue more picks, which as I told Declan on a Friday, won't surprise me at all, Phil. I think that this is the year the Vikings definitely could take what they consider to be sort of a project QB to develop, saying we're smarter than the previous regime. I mean, the previous regime took Kellen Mond, which I actually respect, like take some swings there. Yeah, That didn't work, but I, I think O'Connell and Kwesi would, would say, well, we think we could do a better uh, job of identifying quarterbacks in the third and fourth round. So I would be I would be shocked if this team went up and got a first round quarterback because I think Richardson's really the only one that might fall to a place where they could even realistically trade up, and I don't see them doing that this season. So a, a couple things sure. here. I think I'm all for like the third round, fourth round shots, and you know Thor does a great job on the Tuesday episodes. Last Tuesday he gave us a full dive into. <laughs> Not only the first-round quarterbacks, but some guys that he likes that could be there in the third, fourth rounds, et cetera, for the Vikings. A third round, a fifth round shot at a quarterback, it's just that. It's a, I mean, all all quarterbacks, with the exception of, like, you know, the Andrew Lux, you know, C.J. Stroud is kind of is a crapshoot. So I get that there's a crapshoot nature to all quarterbacks, but once you get into the third, fourth, fifth rounds, and we've done this research, but we should update our research on this, but we used to have some Mackey and Judd research on, like, the percentage chance that the like the round that you draft a quarterback in that it was like a 60 like a two-thirds chance in the first round by the time you got to like the fourth fifth round it was there's like a 20 percent chance of that guy being a multi-year starter so to me if the vikings are serious about finding a franchise quarterback that can take over for kirk cousins they will make a move in the first round i'm with you i don't think anthony richardson falls and some people have said well i mean malik willis fell into the what the third round he was once projected to maybe be, you know, first round pick or maybe early second round pick, and he fell. Well, the biggest difference is there, and they're they're different players, size and competition. Anthony Richardson is like three or four inches taller and twenty five or thirty pounds heavier than Malik Willis, and Malik Willis was a a well built athlete coming out of college. Anthony Richardson is like a Dante Culpepper sized athlete and a better athlete than Dante Culpepper was, and he played SEC competition. 
Uh, now, granted, he hasn't played that many games, right? He only really started for the one year uh, in 2022. But when you play SEC competition versus playing at Liberty. Right. So for those reasons, I don't think there's a because I've seen it like, well, but everyone was saying the same thing about Malik Willis and he fell into the third round. Different scenario here. So if they really want to take a shot at an actual successor to Kirk Cousins and not just a, let's just let's take Kellen Mond and see what he looks like in the offseason, mm-hmm. then I think they have to make that move in the first round this year. Uh, Dex, how do you feel about this Albert Breer speculation? Yeah, my, our, my guy Realistic Randy and I, we talked about this uh, for an episode that's dropping today on this YouTube channel as well. If if a guy like Richardson's there, I'm there's temp, there's temptation for sure, but I just think there's other holes that you got to fill. Um, I don't see a situation where they trade up. I don't think they have the ammunition to trade up. Uh, so personally, I'm kind of out on a first round quarterback, even if someone like Richardson's there. I, I don't see Levis being there. I don't see Stroud being there, of course. So I, I would probably pass. But like the Hendon Hookers of the world, who I know is coming off an ACL tear, um, I'm more interested in guys like that on day two, day three of the draft, the project quarterback guy. I just don't think they have the capital to move up if they want one, and I just think there's too many glaring needs at cornerback, at edge. You need another wide receiver. Hell, you need a starting center. Uh, there's just plenty of other options, in my opinion, to go with that first-round pick and where the Vikings have their slotted picks so far. And, Phil, and Dex, I think the intriguing thing about this entire conversation, too, and this is what we don't know now. So we basically came to a pretty quick conclusion last year that it certainly appeared from the Wilfs on down People who had a lot of say with this franchise wanted to run things back as much as possible, right? Be extremely competitive. Like they felt, to to go back to a topic that we talked about a lot at the time, they felt that Zim and Spielman were the big bad guys, and if they were gone, it was going to pay off. And they won 13 games, unfortunately, got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. We don't know how this administration now, a year in, feels about this team. And my guess is that Kwesi and O'Connell and football operations told the Wilfs, okay, fair enough. It's a new team. We don't know a ton here. We we do not need to make a ton of moves, and they didn't. But that was a year ago, without having seen at that time a game. And so now you've got, what, 17, 18 games now, if you include the playoffs. So what we need to know is, how do they feel about this team's opportunity and chances in 2018? And 23, and some of the moves that they're going to have to make in the coming weeks, I think are going to begin to clear that up. Because I will say this. So from what I heard, and I don't think it became like a big deal, but it definitely, it shed some light on things. When Spielman took Mond, Kirk was not thrilled. Because Kirk's like, Kirk basically said what Dex just said, which is, Dude, we've got holes to fill. I'm your quarterback. Yeah. Why? Why are it's you the taking Aaron Rodgers thing? Kind yeah. of. Well, and <laughs> on a lesser scale, but yeah. And if, but I'll defend Kirk by saying if you are a starting QB at Kirk's age, then he said that's a third round pick, and you just sort of flushed it because if Mont de- develops, that's not going to help my team currently. And so that's what we don't know yet. Like we we're going to need to see the clarity of who stays and, and who goes, and if they're going to do an extension with Kirk. I am hard-pressed to believe, I, I think that's where Dex is right, I'm hard-pressed to believe if they're going to do another year extension with Kirk that they're going to take a quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. If they don't, that changes everything. So what is the best path forward here to balance all of this? Kirk going into the final year of his contract, 
You've got some interesting options in this year's draft for quarterbacks. You have some interesting options in next year's draft, but the two, the two that everyone talks about are going to be likely off the board before the Vikings can can jump up. You may not have, to Declan's point, the ammunition to move from 23 or whatever you want to call it, 23 or 24, because the Dolphins um, had to forfeit their pick. I don't think you have the ammunition to move up. Although we did do this in uh, one of our pro football focus mocks. We did move up to, I think, fifth because a couple of the quarterbacks had slid. You know, but let's let's say Anthony Richardson fall. Let's say the Vikings love Anthony Richardson. And there are definitely red flags with accuracy and footwork and things that smarter people than us can can spot on film and break down. Mm-hmm. But let's say he's not fallen to 23, probably. But what if he falls to like nine or ten? You know, the, not to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs identified Mahomes as kind of a project. He definitely needs to sit behind an Alex Smith for a year, and we like him enough, even though we've gone to the playoffs like four straight years, and we're coming off of an eleven or twelve win season. We like him enough to move up seventeen spots to get him, and it cost them at least one future first round pick, maybe a couple. I can't remember exactly. I think it was one future first the first round swap and then like a second and a third or something. But like if, if the, I'm not saying if you love Anthony Richardson, if the Vikings love Anthony Richardson, what should their plan be over the next few months? Wow. Um, I think the first thing that you would probably have to do is get a really good idea of what bracket, what zip code of the draft he might go. Cause the thing, the thing to go back, to Fields was, the Vikings really liked him, but the Bears liked him more. And the Bears said, we are prepared to go higher than you are to get him. Mm-hmm. So one is, I, I think you, you have to very quickly here determine, do we love him? Do we really like him? Because if you if you love him, you're probably going to make a trade that's going to give up, you know, two first, two future firsts, something like that. Um, and the, I guess the thing too is what does O'Connell especially, but the entire football operations department, what do they think of this quarterback draft and the next one? So in other words, if they like Richardson a lot, but they're also like, okay, the next draft has a lot, you know, has four guys and two or three might be gone, uh, before we could trade up, but one of them won't be. Do you put your eggs in that basket too? So I think it's multiple things here because you don't necessarily have to go get a guy in this draft. But that being said is it needs to be addressed at some point soon. And the preferable path, if you could do it, is absolutely through the draft. It's not going out and signing a guy. It's not, you know, because if you can get, as we've discussed a lot, if you can get your cap down, especially with Jefferson's contract kicking in quickly here, that's going to be a huge benefit. So I think that there's a lot of questions internally in Egan that need to be asked and answered about what the plan is and what prospects they they like and who they would probably be willing to make what would amount to a major draft day trade for. You know, the part of the problem is if 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 they like someone, or maybe maybe they like all four of the 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 first round sort of as of right now before the combine. And this could change after the combine too. You, there's always like the pre-combine quarterback evaluation. Then there's all of a sudden, oh my God, this guy measured off the charts or Anthony Richardson's even more crazy athletically than we thought. And now 
you know, his value changes and maybe he's the third guy instead of the fourth guy. But there is a gauntlet of quarterback desperate teams drafting in the top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago, I guess they're kind of set with Justin Fields, but they they could pull a fast one. They're in the Capric seat, man. Yeah, they, they could, just they could the trade seat. Fields, move back. They could trade Fields and the first round pick, move back to like later in the top five, still get a quarterback and a bunch of other draft capital. But Houston needs a quarterback long term. Honestly, like Arizona with potentially new leadership. I know yeah. they just signed Kyler Murray, but would it shock you if Arizona said we're sick of Kyler Murray it, it and we'll a- just figure out the contract situation? It actually would now because it feels to me like they are basically going with a coaching staff who they, they've told you're going to make this work. Yep. And that's and that's it's not a veteran staff like everyone's really young, which is I'm thrilled to have this job. Yeah. Hey, Kyler. Yep. Uh, Indianapolis desperate for desperate. a quarterback. Yep. Seattle. I don't know. I, it wouldn't shock me if Seattle decided, Geno Smith, thanks for a great year. Appreciate it. Much like Case Keenum in 2017. Don't trust you long term and you're in your early 30s. And are you going to pay him? Because he's a free agent. Right. Yeah. But but that's my question. Like, are you going to, he's going to try and break the bank. I don't know if I could stomach that one. Yeah. Uh, Detroit, Goff played great last year, but he's highly paid. I think the guarantees are coming off that contract soon. So if they decided, yeah, Goff's fine, but not fine for $30 million. Yep. Las Vegas, in the market for a quarterback, probably more of a veteran. My guess is they're hunting for, like, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Atlanta, unless they feel like, is it Desmond Ritter? Is that yep. the guy they drafted a couple years ago? Carolina needs a quarterback. There's, like, five or six teams and maybe even more if you did some mental gymnastics. It's hard to envision four talented quarterbacks falling out of. So I guess to answer my own question, here's what I think I would like to see. I would like to see Kirk. First of all, if you think you can get a first round pick for Kirk and you think he would like if you think the 40 and the 49ers don't have one. But like if you, if there was some way to to milk trade value out of Kirk, I would explore that. I don't think that's going to happen. Realistically, I would be pretty shocked if if the relationship completely fell out. They won 13 games. Agreed. And so I would do one of two things with Kirk. Right out the final year, although I think that's going to trigger a whole domino effect of like pissing him off and stuff. But I would make it clear to him, whether you extend him or not, I would say, hey, we're, we have to look out for the future of the franchise. So if we have a chance to draft someone that can replace you when you're 36 years old, like, don't be mad at us. This is how the NFL works. But if you're going to draft, let's say it's Anthony Richardson per this, you know, Albert Breer speculation, and you do wind up trading up to like nine or 10 or something because he's still there, um, you'd have to give up. For sure, a third round pick. I'm looking at the draft value chart right now. You'd have to give up. What's your? Uh, you'd have to give up the 87. You'd probably have to give up a future first or second round pick in 2024, and maybe like another late round pick. So it would cost you. But then that guy could sit behind. Let's call it Anthony Richardson. Could sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year, just like Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith in Kansas City. Will they continue to try and be competitive? See what happens with the offensive minded coach. Develop the backup. Try to win as many games as you can with your incumbent, and then you go from there. If if doing that means that like to keep Kirk's feelings in intact and not have a falling out, you have to extend him into 2024 and smooth out the cap hit. I'm not going to die on that hill, but I think this is the year that you have to start not just like third and fifth round flyers. If there's a chance, I'm not saying you break the bank and trade three future first to get up to number five or anything. I'm not saying you have to do that. But you should have your eyes open for quarterbacks falling toward the back end of the top 10. 
That's where I'm at with this draft. If you, Kevin O'Connell and Quasey, have identified, yep, we can mold one of these guys, any of them, who fall into like the 8, 9, 10 range. And I, I think the scenario that you're talking about has a much better chance of happening after or in 2024 with Kirk ha- having been extended this uh, spring through that s- season and then it being a succession plan. Um, I just, I know what you're saying. My guess is, is this, and I told uh, Dex this when we, we were going through comments on Friday. I'm becoming more and more convinced, even though I personally do not advocate for this, I think Quasi's going to trade back in the first round and get more picks. Yeah. I think they're going to get more picks. I think that right now, five picks, I'm not saying that they're going to go up to 12 picks or something like that. No Spielman crazy draft here. But I, you know, I could easily see them trying to land, let's say, eight picks total. So I think that there's a better chance. And the, I guess the other question, and it sounds silly, but we know how this franchise under the Wilfs especially has operated. And this is going to sound crazy, but I guess my question is this, too. What is the internal appetite for change? Because as far as I can tell, there's going to have to be significant change here that's just forced. You know, Kendricks, Hicks, Thielen quite possibly. Harrison Smith has to be looked at. Patrick Peterson's gone. And so, like, when when we talk about what to do with Kirk, I I think that's going to end up being a next off-season issue. Mm-hmm. So you think, so So for you, your your best path forward would be extend him through 2024, likely ignore quarterback, or maybe you take a flyer late. Another variable here is, too, like what value could they get for some of these veteran players? Could they trade Dalvin for a fourth? Could they trade, are they going to trade Zedarius or Daniel? right now to his new team. Yeah. Like, if they could. Because if they could get two or three extra picks. Well, Daniel's an interesting one. That's a really interesting one. It kind of changes what you may or may that not do. Up the- if you only have four or five picks going into this draft, maybe you don't take a quarterback. Maybe you don't, you know, no. trade up. That, that's intriguing, too, because let's go down that path. Let's say that Daniel Hunter's agent comes and says, I want another new contract. And they're like, hold on a second here. Spielman, you know, and and Rob Brzezinski went down that path quite a few times already. Um, your client is still really good, but he's aging now. He has been hurt. We are not. We are just not prepared to invest. And he says, "Okay, fine." He's not going to show up for training camp. He wants to be traded. So, something like that. The other question then becomes, and it, this goes back to what I said at the top of the conversation: What then? is the plan for the franchise. If Daniil Hunter wants out and you're like, you know what? We can't afford to continue to do this. You know, the defense is not going to get a ton of help (laughs) if Mm -hmm. he's gone. So that, you know, we still have no idea how they see this franchise, which is huge because if they say, you know, we, we won 13 games. It was great. Unfortunately, lost in the first round of the playoffs, and now it's time for a change. Perhaps they would just say, let's change things. But are there some hints based on the hiring of Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator? I'm I'm kind of back and forth on this. On one hand, you don't hire Brian Flores, right. and he doesn't accept the job if you're not trying to push forward as a franchise. I agree with you completely there. Which is another reason why Kirk Cousins absolutely is the starting quarterback in 2023, right? Yes. You're not going to say, hey, Flores coming in here. We just won 13 games. Our defense was you know, the biggest problem. 
let's push forward here. Oh, by the way, uh, we just traded Kirk for two second round picks, and uh, Daniil Hunter is being shopped as well. I'm with you on this. So, like, Flores is, if you're reading the tea leaves, Flores is more evidence that they're going to try and push forward. But on the flip side, when it comes to the, the rebuild side of competitive rebuild, as people noted, and Judd, you brought this up last week after the Flores press conference, 30, 35-minute press conference, he never mentioned any defensive players by name, mm-hmm. which is different than when KOC was hired as the head coach, and he, he's, and he was a little bit tepid on Kirk Cousins yeah. a year ago because they were going through the contract thing. about the towel boy. Yeah, but he mentioned everyone. Can't wait he, to get, Jimmy the towel boy is going to be great out there. Got to get some breakfast meetings with the uh, the equipment managers. Here's their middle names yep. and their social I security love all numbers. These guys. They're all sticking around. No one's being fired. Flores didn't mention any names, right. but, but a couple people pointed out to us via email via the Score North app that uh, Vikings.com did like some sort of Q and A after the fact, and he mentioned three names. I can't remember the exact three, but it, actually, I think I do remember. It was Brian Asamoa. It was Andrew Booth Jr. I saw this part. And Lewis Seen. Yes, all young players, but he didn't talk about the veterans. And other guys. Yep. So he's probably like, okay, if you're coming in here <laughs> and you're going to start listing the players that are awesome on the Vikings defense, because it's what's crazy is they have some awesome players, but the sum of the parts was atrocious. You'd mention Harrison Smith. You'd me- Why would you mention Lewis Seen before mentioning Harrison Smith? Yep. Why would you mention Brian Asamoah before mentioning Eric Kendricks or Daniil Hunter or Zadarius Smith? So something tells me that they've told Brian, hey, these veterans, all of them are up for grabs. If we can get trades, we don't know what their contract situations are. And he opted in anyways. So he opted into sort of a rebuild on defense. And as a team, the idea that they're going to keep pushing forward and try and build out the 13 win season. So that like the Flores hiring was absolutely evidence for for you guys. Dex, go ahead. Yeah, I I think too when you also look at just back to the quarterback thing of what I don't know if you saw what Daniel Jones was asking for today. Did you guys see this it's report? Like 45 million Fired his dollars, agent, right? Dude, are you yeah, serious. Switched agencies. He wants 45 million yeah, per year. I, I I saw the franchise tag is supposed to be like 32 million, which actually isn't like awful. Like I wouldn't want to pay pay him a franchise tag, but I certainly would rather do it over. Well, you, know, you have to commit for, for like five years or something. Right? I would. Yeah. I'm not giving Danny Dimes forty five million dollars a year, and if he gets that, dude, oh my god, the we've been waiting for a quarterback to break the middle tier class, right? Like when Baker Mayfield became a free agent after after Cleveland, or when they want to maybe resign him. Like, is he going to help break that mold where it's either you overpay for quarterbacks? No, it's just not going to happen. So if Danny Dimes is going to get paid, man, what the hell does an extension for Kirk Cousins even look like then? North American Tour, Saturday, May 18th, Myth Live, with special guests, Dope, and Lines of Loyalty. Tickets on sale now at MythLive.com or eTix.com. Don't miss Static X and Seven Dust. But this is where, if you're in, and I know that for some reason people, like, protect Kirk's bank account. You know, whenever you bring up, all right, guy, you've made, what, $200 million playing football or something close to it? generations of cousins, kids, grandkids, great-great-grandkids are going to be fine. This is where we kind of find out, I think, in the next month or so, does he actually want to win a championship, or or is his championship winning another negotiation? He won the negotiation, betting on himself out of Washington. 
He got the first multi-year guaranteed contract in NFL history. It's like $84 million ironclad with the Vikings. The second contract was guaranteed. He's about to you know, make $36 million more in 2023. This team has way more holes on it than when he signed the first guaranteed deal in 2018. That team had the number one defense. They had maybe the best wide receiver uh, duo in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. You had Dalvin Cook. That team was stacked, and they could afford to give Kirk the $30 million a year guaranteed within their salary cap structure because they weren't screwed like they are sort of now. Now the roster has eroded. They've got probably seven or eight starting positions they have to look at, most of them on defense, but also like you need a starting center. You need a number two wide receiver. So if I'm Kirk and I'm 35 years old here this summer, and my family can live off of $20 million instead of 35 or $40 million, and I actually want to win a championship, I would tell the organization, hey guys, so I definitely, I mean it when I say I want to be here long term. I want to be here until I can't throw a football anymore. And I want to win a championship. So, like, I'm not going to take five bucks. You know, I need to make more than, uh, you know, $10 million. But let's work together on this. Let's do the Tom Brady thing. Let's work together on this thing. Maybe it's 20 or $25 million. And I get that the NFL Players Association and Kirk's agent and, like, people are going to throw their hands up in the air. But at this point in your life, I get it. You're going from Washington to the Vikings. You're trying to make your first big guarantee contract. Totally understand that. When you are 35, you've never come close to the NFC Championship game. You may only have two, three more years of high-level play left. How bad do you want to win? That's my question. And people sit there and say, well, market he deserves market value. Do you want the Vikings to win? Or do you want Kirk Cousins to have another generation of great, great, great grandkids to be to be stable financially. That's my question to people and to Kirk. The quarterback position though is all about status, and Kirk loves to be. And look, if Kirk was, if Kirk wanted to truly, if the if the contract negotiation was not the biggest deal in Kirk's life, when Kirk signed here in eighteen, it would have been a six year contract. It would have been a long term contract, so that you could have played with the cap hits. Would the Vikings have have agreed to that? So that long of a relationship with him? Or do you think they were also good oh, I, with like a three-year trial run and let's see what happens? No, because the three-year trial run was all guaranteed and completely strapped him. So, yeah. no, I think the Vikings probably pushed for like a five-year with a six-year void. And, with like three years of guaranteed yeah, money. I mean, don't, yeah. don't forget the most, the, the most important insight into Kirk's desire to win at the negotiating table was when the uh, the league produced that series about his contract negotiations, and he basically said, okay, we got the Jets where we want them, so now I can get what the Vikings, what, what I want. So, like, that's Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, is not going to adjust now. Plus, he's getting old. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't think he's going to do, because the key for him truly doing what you're talking about is doing a longer-term contract. And, I mean, it, it felt like it was an act of God to get, what, two Void years put on this this last extension he did last March. Yeah. So I think the answer to your question is absolutely not. But the other problem is, and this is this is why it's becoming unless you've got you know a Patrick Mahomes, it's becoming more and more imperative to find a quarterback in the draft. Is a joker like Daniel Jones now wants to be paid? Like there is no like who's going to set the middle class if Daniel Jones doesn't. Daniel Jones is the middle class. Dude, he's not. Yeah, he's he's he was garbage for three years. They they didn't even exercise his fifth year option, and then Brian Dable comes along, who by the way helped sort of, 
you know, pump life into Josh Allen's career. And then when he left, Josh Allen became a turnover machine again. Absolutely. It's if there's a pie chart of Daniel Jones success, Brian Dable's eating the whole thing. Forty five million dollars. Are you serious? I know. But I mean, this guy. So if he's not. But the point is, if Daniel Jones can't look in the the mirror and say, my God, I am Daniel Jones. I am the luckiest SOB (laughs) on the face of the earth. If he's going to be greedy. How can we expect Kirk Cousins to turn around and say, you know what? That's probably yeah. true. Well, these guys, like, if basically, if you're not a future Hall of Famer, Patrick Mahomes, I think, I think there's a class of Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, maybe two or three other guys we could debate. I will pay Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow within reason anything they want. Like, Joe Burrow, okay, you're the next record breaking contract because I think he's good enough to overcome, gotta say goodbye to your number two receiver. Patrick Mahomes proved, hey, because of my contract, which is flexible, by the way, but not flexible enough to be able to keep me and Tyree Kill and an offensive line and some defensive pieces, et cetera, and Travis Kelsey. Right. So when he signed that new contract, the Chiefs had to say goodbye to Tyree Kill. And then they won the Super Bowl. Right. Because you can take that weapon away from Patrick Mahomes and he can still put up 5,000 yards. And it's not even about like the 5,000 yards. It's about he can perform in clutch time, he can make fourth quarter comebacks happen in the playoffs, whatever. I wonder, like, on the flip side of that, for Kirk, if you were to say, all right, okay, we think you're healthy enough. Like, you take care of your body. You want to play another three to five years for us? Let's do that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we believe in you. Mm-hmm. We're going to sign you to a $40-plus million contract. It's not going to be, like, top, top money, but it's going to be, like, top five or six money. But if we do that, Probably going to have to trade Justin Jefferson. Right. And if your answer to that internally is, well, boy, that's that's not workable. Kirk Cousins needs Justin Jefferson. Well, then you shouldn't sign Kirk Cousins to that contract. You know, like that's that's kind of where I'm at with this. You you can't people like for some reason there's a there's a cluster of fans that is like advocating for every player to get market value. Right. You can't win a Super Bowl if every there's 53 guys on a roster. Let's just go with the 22 starters. Okay. The salary cap is like two hundred million or two hundred whatever it is, two hundred ten million. Well, market value for Kirk is forty million dollars a year. Okay. Well, now you're down to one seventy, one one sixty. Market value for Jefferson is thirty five. Okay. Well, now you're down to one hundred twenty five million dollars. Market value for two elite edge rushers twenty million, twenty five million. Okay. Now you're down, now you're down to like seventy five million dollars. And you still have 47 players well, to pay and a left tackle. I was going to say, and, and that's, right two, tackle. that's two tackles. <laughs> that's two, so, you know, potentially Pro Bowl tackles as well. Yeah. So you need, and again, like in the draft is where you find actual value. And the Vikings have done a bad job. They've whiffed on defensive players for like six drafts. So they've had major drafting issues. But at some point here, it's like Jefferson's up, Kirk's up. You know, Dalvin Cook is making a lot of money. You got aging defensive players. You need value. It can't just be everyone making market rate. Oh, congratulations. You got what you deserve. That's not how you win a Super Bowl. And so the question off of that becomes, when does the transition start to take place? When does the transition to, okay, you know what? Jefferson is going to get paid, and he deserves to. Derisaw is going to to get paid. That's going to be a huge price take. He deserves it. So when does that transition truly start to take place? And do you take a step back in order to make that work? Mm -hmm. Do you think that you're just going to, I mean, the problem with the Vikings thought process of status quo, we're always competitive is it's not realistic. It's not a realistic goal. The goal is the goal has to be ebbs and flows of some sort. 
And if you don't understand that, that's where you all of a sudden accidentally win three games. Whoops, we had a three and thirteen season. What or no. three three and fourteen season? Now what happened? Yeah, you, you know didn't what, understand the market. What's kind of funny is I don't know. Maybe sometimes it sounds like we're being negative, or they won thirteen games, and you guys are like looking at a reset or trying to. Well, again, the stated goal of this show is we want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, and so winning nine games or winning thirteen even, but having a negative point differential and getting beat by the freaking Giants in a home playoff game like that is not the end game here. Right. So how can they build something that's more sustainable is, is sort of how we look at this. And I believe this. So this ownership group, we've definitely taken some issue with, do they really want to win a championship or do they just want to be relevant? But even if you put that aside, they've only been a train wreck like twice in 16 years, 17 years or whatever it's been under the Wilfs. They had, they've transitioned from the Childress to Leslie Frazier transition was kind of train wrecky. And then there was the Frazier train wreck at the end. So both train wrecks were like 10 years ago. The Zimmer thing train wreck behind the scenes, but they were still a competitive team. They were never not competitive on the field with Mike Zimmer. Mm -hmm. They were always either in the playoffs or flirting with the playoffs. So I actually believe in the structure of this organization from ownership to front office to scouting, even though they've struggled in some of these drafts to avoid being the Lions for 15 years or the Browns for 15 years. If it means at some point having to take a step back to take it to you know two or three steps forward, the Eagles did it because they're a competent, well-run franchise from ownership to front office. The Chiefs didn't even have to take a step back; they just like transitioned into their from from their Alex Smith to their Patrick Mahomes because they took a shot. Well, you guys just go draft a Mahomes. <laughs> well, I mean that would be awesome, and you can't do it. You can't hit the ten percent at the. You know, you, you can't hit your uh, four outer on the river or your, you know, whatever desperate card you need at the blackjack table if you don't actually sit down at the table. And I and I think I trust this structure enough to if they have to take a step back, immediately take two steps forward because that's what they've always done for 60 years, basically. And what I need to see, too, is when are we going to or are we going to start to see the actual Quasi and KOC vision of this franchise? Because I feel like this was a, hey, we could still be competitive. That's what that's what Ziggy and Mark want, and so we'll do, do that. Is this the spring, and does this begin the offseason where we start to see what they envision here? And that doesn't mean like a huge step back. And look, yeah. you know what? You, do you know how hard you would have to work to become like the, the Lions or the Browns? Oh, whoopsie. We just became one of the biggest laughing stocks in pro sports. No. I'm just t- talking about, like, I, I know it, it was probably brutal to watch and it wasn't fun, but I am very intrigued by what the Bears did. The Bears basically said, we're going to strip this down to the absolute studs. We got a quarterback, we think. We're not sure. And now, very quickly, they're they're going to be, if they do this right, and that's a big if, if they do this right, they're going to be sitting in a very enviable position, right? So I want to see now, I don't want to see what the Wilfs want. What I would, and I don't know that we're going to find this out unless the actions just change. I want to see what the GM and coach want for this franchise. And I think... And the Steelers are another franchise that they can kind of like reset on the fly and lose Ben Roethlisberger and then move into a shrug emoji quarterback. I don't know. Is Kenny Pickett good? Who knows? But we're going to win nine games figuring it out because we know what we're doing as a franchise. 
I still like the Vikings cards more than I like the Bears cards. The Bears have a lot of interesting things happening because they have the most cap space. They are in the driver's seat in the draft, and they do have a really interesting young quarterback that they could also trade for capital. But I would still rather be the Vikings with, organizationally, just more stable, more competent ownership over the years. Um, the Vikings have been able to even like both the Bears and the Vikings have had a hard time finding the 10 year quarterback unless you count Jay Cutler. But Jay Cutler was more in the Kirk Cousins bin, too. They're like pretty good. Um, they can make the throws, but they're not going to carry you yes. to a Super Bowl championship. Probably <laughs> they're both in the kind of that that B category. Um, so both franchises have had a hell of a time finding a franchise quarterback, but the Vikings have done a better job just like maintaining relevance and popping up every five or ten years or so. So I'm not ready to say that like the Vikings should have done what the Bears did, but it is interesting to see where are these franchises going to be at in like two years. Did the Bears prepare themselves by taking a step back to have a super team in a couple years and full cap flexibility right. while the Vikings were scratching and clawing just to get to the first right. round of the playoffs? That's the question. I would urge the current administration, and perhaps this will eventually start to take place. I would urge them to probably cut bait on aging players quicker than they they have previously. Because to your point, it's, you know, there's no reason to be as up against the cap as they ordinarily are because they give out long-term contract extensions or try and keep guys who are, who are past their prime. And at some point in time, I would like to see that this team just begin to, you know, call in a guy like Kendricks and say, Eric, you've been great for us. We really appreciate it, but we just can't. Mm. You know, this team, and I think this is a Zim thing too, because he loved his guys. I think Zim, especially on defense, was way into, we got to keep him, we got to keep him, we have to keep him. I don't think that is above and beyond, way beyond Kirk's cap hit, Phil. I don't think that's probably the smartest way to work. I think that you need to identify guys that can serve as cheap replacements on defense that can serve as as replacements on offense, and if you got a guy at a key position, it's certainly worth a, a conversation. But linebacker and safety, for instance, no. I don't think are are absolutely we have to keep this guy for twelve years because he's a Viking. Yeah. Well, going back to the Flores thing, him mentioning on Vikings dot com, the the young, fast, uh, sort of inexperienced defensive players that are all going to get some run next year. Booth, Seen, Asamoa. I like that he mentioned those names. It means that they are going to probably push forward. Crazy, with probably banged him to. It's like I drafted these guys, and Ed Donatel decided that uh, yeah. Cam Bynum was a starting safety in minicamp. Uh, one way to get better and younger as a roster is through the NFL draft. I want a mock. And we have one here in our uh, mock draft roundup that we have been uh, doing for you guys across both Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd the last few weeks. We have one from USA Today, Ooh. gentlemen. No trades here. At least they didn't have a trade for the number one pick. So I don't know how credible this one <laughs> Is going to be how hard were they trying if they didn't have a trade? I feel like like what's the like, pe- are you trying? You sh- yeah, unless you say specifically, I don't think that the Bears are going to trade the pick, and here's why. You should explain yourself if you don't have a trade for the number one pick. But uh, this mock presented by our friends at Livia, helping Purple Daily listeners for about a year and a half now lose weight and change their lives. Judd. That is correct. Down forty pounds, and get guess what? That goes back to now for me personally more than a year ago. But the key is this: Livia Weight Control Centers. It's not a diet. In fact, there's Sports Dad on the left, like a little chunky. 
Guy on the right, though, oh, my God, that's Clooney-like. What happened there, sports dad? How did you lose that weight? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's because of a program that 100% works. It's fantastic. Uh, And there are plenty of people in the PD family that can attest to that. So if you are looking to lose the, the weight, have I got a deal for you? In fact, this just starts today. Join today, and you're going to get eight weeks for free. That's right, eight weeks for free. It is the best weight loss program in the state. And again, here's the most important part. It's sustainable weight loss. So you're going to lose the weight. You're going to feel great. And then you're going to keep the weight off. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com for a new you beginning today. And again, that deal, eight weeks free, Livia.com. Our friends at Federated Insurance have been helping and supporting us at Score North for a number of years just like they've been helping and supporting businesses around the Twin Cities for over a 100 years, federatedinsurance.com to find out how you can maximize the level of success for your business while minimizing risk. Uh, You know, federated values, face-to-face relationships. They don't, they're not just like, you know, a contact form that you fill out and wait to hear back via email or something. They build relationships with business owners and their corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision making. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, boys. USA Today. We'll start with the number one overall pick the Chicago Bears. Defensive tackle Jalen Carter from Georgia. Now, they might wind up with him yeah, even after they trade, right. but. They got a number one. We're all let down by this. Houston Texans take Bryce Young. Cardinals then take Will Anderson. So back-to-back Alabama picks. C.J. Stroud goes to the Colts at four. So two quarterbacks off the board. Seahawks take defensive end Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. First cornerback off the board of the Lions, who have a terrible defense. Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. I'm going to scroll down here. And there goes the third quarterback off the board, Anthony Richardson, to the Falcons at eight. You see? This is what's happening. Will Levis then goes to the Panthers at nine. Okay. All right. So four quarterbacks in the first nine picks. That's pretty common among almost all these mocks. First wide receiver goes to the Titans at number 11. Wide receiver Quentin uh, Quentin Johnston from TCU. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's scroll, scroll, scroll. There's the second receiver to the Patriots at 14, Jordan Addison from USC. You got Joey Porter Jr. to the Commanders at 16. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon to the Buccaneers at 19. And there's a third receiver to the Chargers at 21, Jackson Smith Najigba from Ohio State. And we get to the Vikings at 23. And according to USA Today, with the 23rd pick, the Minnesota Vikings select out of the University of Georgia outside linebacker Nolan Smith. Interesting. One way to address the NFC's worst pass defense, infuse more juice into its pass rush, and Smith can do just that, especially if he's allowed to start out with a focus on sub packages and passing downs. So a Georgia edge rusher to the Vikings. At 23. Well, if Zadarius is gone, which I'm guessing he might be, if there is a chance that something's going to uh, go awry with Daniil's contract situation, 
It makes some sense. Does it excite me a lot? Not a lot, but I get it. I don't agree, though. I don't think that that's where they go. I don't think so. Unless, but you know what, Phil? I mean, if Hunter's going to be a problem contractually, and, you know, we can't get past the point that as good as he was early in the season for, what, the last 10 games or so, nine games, Zadarius was had, I think, something like half a sack. Yeah. So it's not outlandish. I don't hate it. I don't think it's where they go. Uh, Nolan Smith, he was uh, basically an assistant coach and sort of the head cheerleader in those playoff games. Uh, he tore his pectoral muscle, and I think it was like after the eighth game of the season or something. So he did not finish out through the end of the season. But uh, that should be healed up, I would assume, by training camp. So. Mm-hmm. Nolan Smith, so it's a new player. We have not seen Nolan Smith's name drafted to the Vikings in any of the, like, 14 mock drafts that we have done. What's your thought so far? Well, I don't know enough about, I need to see, so his sack totals didn't really, that Georgia defense was ridiculous, so I don't know, maybe he just wasn't being uh, asked to do things, but um, I don't know enough about him to say, like, yes, this is a home run pick or not. We should ask Thor tomorrow, though, and see. Yeah. Okay, maybe edge rushers is the conversation with. Let's do it. With Thor tomorrow. But yeah, like if if Zadarius or Daniil gets traded or leaves in some other fashion, they're really, really light. I mean, Patrick Jones, there's really nobody else you would say, okay, that guy can for sure get after right. the quarterback. So getting younger, getting more athletic, I'm I'm in on that idea for sure. So, all right, boys. Um, one other note. So this morning, old Macadac made his debut on... Uh, the brand new Tom Bernard Morning Show, TomBernardShow.com, TomBernardShow.com. Tomorrow, so I'm going to be on every Monday and Friday at 9.15. Judd, you're going to be on every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mm-hmm. at 9.15, just slinging our sports takes. Oh, just hot sports takes coming in. Yes, so we're we're looking forward to that. And also, another note, later on this week, the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show is happening Friday through Sunday this week at the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. And Judd and I will be hosting a Purple Daily Town Hall Q&A gathering from uh, 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock on Friday and from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock on Saturday. So we'll take your Vikings questions, drink a couple adult beverages, and hang out. Tickets are $12, but starting today through Wednesday, use the promo code PURPLE to get tickets for $8. Ooh, so if nice. you if you want to hang out with us, talk some Vikings, and if you enjoy golf, I think you're going to probably need that whiff of golf after the snow that's going to dump this week. MinnesotaGolfShow.com for those tickets. MinnesotaGolfShow.com, promo code PURPLE. And, uh, yeah, let us know if you're coming so we can uh, we can prepare ourselves for this Purple Daily Town Hall Q&A. All right, boys, any other final thoughts here on this Monday, Purple Daily? No. Good conversation. We fleshed it out. We uh, we figured out the Vikings blueprint going forward. Actually, we we have not, but no. that's okay. We're not. <laughs> we'll react when we see it. I'm sure it'll be faxed at, at some point in time from Quasi yes. does. All right, guys, uh, that's a wrap on Daily Vikings Entertainment for today. Two episodes coming at you tomorrow: Reckless Draft Speculation with Thor, and then a bonus episode. And then uh, don't be shy to check out Mackie and Judd, our other daily podcast as well. See you.